This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Joey Antone is one of the best resources when it comes to discovering, tracking, and highlighting young American players that are eligible for the U.S. men's national soccer team. I've always enjoyed following Joey on social media. He offers something different than most American fans who have blogs or podcasts that follow the national team. Joey puts in a shitload of work to inform his followers what is actually happening with players and identifying players that are worth your time. And where does he get the information? Directly from the source most of the times. So in this interview, I asked Joey about the process that he goes through when he wants to reach out to a player and how his relationships are with agents and families and the players themselves. And more importantly, I asked him why he invests so much of his own time doing this. It's crazy. But he is the biggest fan of American soccer, and you will hear why. Long before Adam Bells burst onto the scene with his gifts and great analysis of his own, Joey was quietly filling this niche in the American soccer world that needed to be filled. That niche was high-quality, independent analysis that highlights the next generation of American players. And like I've said before in other episodes, I think it's important to highlight good work and send people towards it. Joey is doing good work, and I have full confidence in recommending that you check out what Joey does. All the relevant links to his work and a couple of snapshots of Joey's spreadsheets, which have a ton of player names and information that you can see, can be found at 343coaching.com. And that is also where you can see exactly what went into the making of some of the young American players that Joey talks about and highlights uh, very often. And in this episode, he mentions a few guys like Ulianez, Alex Mendez, Efra Alvarez, and one of Joey's favorites, actually, Charlie Aguiano. Uh, the 343 Premium Membership is the program that gives you a look inside of the real training sessions that help build those national team caliber players from the time that they were 10 years old, which is around the time that Joey started following them, until now as they are starting to sign pro contracts as teenagers. And it is the program that also helps to support and fund this podcast. So if you are a member of the 343 program already, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, If you are brand new to us and you don't know much about what we do, there are a couple ways that you can get involved. Obviously, the program I was just talking about, and that is the premium coaching membership. But if you just want to dip your toes in the water and get a feel for what we do and get a feel for why we do things and why we do them the way that we do them, you can try out our free course. All of that information is available on 343coaching.com. You can find all the benefits of the free and the premium programs while you are there. You can check out videos, more episodes of this podcast, whatever you feel like. It's all there. So you can check out 343coaching, all spelled out, .com. All right. I hope you enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast with Joey and Tone. My, uh, my computer program was trying to make me do something else. I wanted to talk no. to you, but it was asking me to do something different. <laughs> no, that's cool. I have I have uh, the headphones in, so you can hear me okay? Yeah, it sounds perfect, dude. All right, cool, cool. All right, well, so yeah. Th- thanks uh, for, uh Yeah, thanks for uh, inviting me on. I'm uh, yeah. pretty honored to be a part of this, so that's really cool. Yeah, 
Uh, I don't know if it's a, if it's an honor at this point, but and you well, and the last person I interviewed both said that it was an honor. I'm like, oh Jesus! Like, is this getting too big that I that I don't know that it, it's an honor now? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've been trying to catch up on some of the old podcasts over the last couple months, and I mean. I'm definitely the least famous person you've ever had on. So <laughs> when when you look at a totem pole of people who you've interviewed, I'm definitely uh, definitely at the bottom. So it's definitely an honor to be on hey, with you. So. I, I I wouldn't necessarily say that. I I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that because you have you have a following for sure, and yeah. the first handful of people that I interviewed, which I should uh, I should probably say that people that have picked up the show in the last I don't know year or so probably don't remember or never even saw the first interviews that I did because those were with like recreational soccer dads and uh yeah just like like yeah moms and dads basically is the best way to put it and yeah those are no longer available on the internet those have been deleted (laughs) from history and (laughs) for good reason because they not not necessarily they were bad interviews but they were the start of something and they were good practice, but it, the sure. show has definitely turned into something different, uh, yeah, these days. Um, but yeah, man, uh, wanted to bring you on and, and hear about your story and, and figure out why you do what you do and why you follow us soccer so closely and specifically us youth soccer so closely, because I feel like it's an interesting story. Um, and again, I, I, I've said this multiple times at the start of so many interviews. I have so much to learn about you because I, I don't know much about you. And I'm very, very interested in learning more about you and, and who you are and why you do what you do. And I feel like more people are going to be interested in your story than you think. So I guess we can start with square one of, you know, who are you and, and what exactly do you do? Uh, <laughs> and and. Not necessarily. I, I think, you know, people might be interested in your day job, but let's, let's try to keep it soccer specific. Sure. Yeah. So um, my name is Joey. I am a USA soccer fan, first and foremost, I think, because the reason I do this account is um, I've, what I've account? Been what follow- account? Tell me. Yes. So I'm, I'm at I'm the at USA Prospects Twitter account. Um, been doing that for about, I don't know, five or so years. Uh, I mainly follow U.S. Uh, eligible uh, youth prospects abroad uh, or, or domestic, and I just try to promote their story. I, I felt from an early time on Twitter that that was a very uncovered aspect of U.S. soccer, is that we didn't do a very good job of promoting the young players, literally, that were grinding every day and looking for any outlet to promote themselves um, not necessarily like their brand, but just trying to get their story out. And I just felt like there was no outlet for that um, at the time that I started. And so um, I reached out to some younger players. Um, at that time, it was, I remember some of the first guys that would follow me back on Twitter were the kind of the 93, 94, uh, you know, young MLS homegrown players would follow me back and I would chat with them uh, on Twitter and just tr- trying to, you know, like, like you, just interested in knowing their story or what it was like. Uh, to be a to be a young player in the MLS in 2012 or, or 2013, and and just trying to find how to um, how to promote that better, uh, so that more young kids wanted to be and emulate those those kind of players to to up to up the whole uh, young professional level in, in America. So, what did you learn from those conversations or those messages with 
those players like i think you mentioned the 92 93 94 age groups like what, yeah. what were what, what were some of the common themes amongst those conversations or what stood out to you the most from those interactions you know back then and, and i'm a i'm i'm a i'm a 30 year old guy and i grew up in southern california and, and my first foray into soccer was the 94 world cup obviously i had tickets to a couple of the games in the rose bowl i i was at the usa columbia game um, I was a pretty big baseball fan before that because I lived on the East Coast prior to living in California. Uh, but the the the, ML, the Major League Baseball went on strike uh, that year, and so I was kind of looking for something to dabble in over the over the summer. And so I got caught really big into USA Soccer. And then once the World Cup hit, and I was at some of those games, it was you know it was an easy choice. I was a huge soccer fan following that. And then um, just just kind of picking up on that, I kind of noticed from a young age that you know, young players are the lifeblood of a team. And I just, I just was really always found myself interested in, in watching the, the USA youth teams in the world cup, whether it was the U 17 world cup or the 20 world cup, I would stay up late, get up and watch the games in Uzbekistan or wherever the world cup was back then. And then I would watch the Nike friendlies and, and apart from the Nike friendlies and in some of the world cups, there was hardly any televised matches for the U S teams. There was no publications really writing about it. Uh, that were readily available or, or, or at least up to date at the time. And so I just found myself trying to hunt for any information on some of these, these young, young players, just because I was just so interested on who was going to become the next player I was going to be cheering for, for, you know, X amount of years. Um, and so some of the things I heard from them were just the day-to-day lifestyle or kind of the trials they would go on or how they had to fly around the country looking for tryouts for teams. And back when this started, the developmental Academy, was really in its infancy, and so it was just it was just really interesting. I found all the, the those dynamics and all the the player identification. I found it super interesting, and I know that's super nerdy, but I just found that whole that whole world, that whole environment, uh, just compelling, and just I felt like it was very underserved in terms of, you know, finding information for that. And so that was really the the evolution of why I wanted to make a Twitter account about it. I didn't think that people would want to follow me, or I, I you know. I don't think I'm a voice for U.S. prospects, but I definitely think that, you know, there's enough people that ask me questions that um, you know, I'm plugged into a certain faction that, you know, I, you know, I can try to connect information to people. And, yeah, it's, it's been it's been kind of a crazy last couple of years, to be honest. Yeah, especially the last few years. But, yeah, Joey, I want I want to I want to grill you on, you know, maybe some specifics about those, those first interactions you had. So I want, I, I, I want to kind of pick you apart about that. Like maybe, maybe we can start like this. Like how, how did you first think about or approach the idea of interacting with these, this, this group of players that you first interacted with? Like what went through your mind? Like how, how can I get a hold of this person or how did you get a hold of this person? And, and, and what were the, what were the interactions like at that time? Yeah, I, I, I like it's it's so funny that you ask that because the way that I interacted with those guys is literally the same way I interact with the same demographic age demographic now, um, and literally I would I would reach out to as many people as I could find that were you know playing soccer or on the radar of a pro team or name was connected with a club and I, I would just I would just ask them questions I would just direct message them or 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 uh, or tweet at them or. Facebook them back in the day, whatever it took, I would just kind of grill, you know, just, just reach out and just say, Hey, are you interested in talking? Uh, I would just, I'd be interested in promoting, you know, what, what's going on with you or how can I help you get your name out more so that it's easier for you to get 
your foot in the door with other with other clubs. What's what's your background though? Like so, like when yeah. you when you when you told them like, hey, like, like hey, like my name's Joey. I want to know more about your story. But yeah, like, so I what, talked, what, what, what are they what yeah. are they thinking? Like this guy's just like a super fan. I just wanted, yeah, like, I, I'm sure that was the first thing that went through their mind was that this guy's just some kind of creep weirdo that wants to you know <laughs> who, who wants to get something from me, whether it was like you know some kind of I was some kind of agent runner or something. I don't know what they were thinking, but I'm sure they had their thoughts. One of the first people that I found in this world that I connected with was a guy that you've had on a couple of times in the podcast, and that's J.R. Eskelson. Him and I became oh, good. Yeah, when I him and I became good internet friends, and I have some like crazy massive email chains with with Jr. Just chatting about prospects or just kind of me trading information with him, him trading information with me. I'm based in the Midwest now, and so I live in Omaha, Nebraska. You know, just north of Kansas City. And so I go and, and I try to catch as many or I you know, used to try to catch as many developmental games as I could or or see any kind of players that we thought were interesting. And we would just kind of share data back and forth. And so if a player ever did become interested in doing a full on sit down interview or sharing his story, I would really connect them with Jr. early on and he would pick up those threads and, uh, and, and interview them, you know, as a full journalist, uh, per se. Uh, and, and then that would go on the top door soccer website. So I, I really don't want to say that I was, uh, I definitely never wrote for top door soccer, but I, I did help, you know, and JR did a majority of the work, but I, I, you know, him and I connected a lot and shared, shared, you know, paperwork and, and, and uh, and just kind of traded information back and forth because, uh, I am not a journalist. I'm actually a nurse, I worked in the emergency room as a nurse for about five years. Right now, I'm, I'm working outside of the hospital because I'm, I'm back in school and I'm, I'm in, in school to become a nurse practitioner, and I've got about another year of that. And so my, my in-depth uh, prospecting and, and interviewing has, has really gone down over the last couple of years because I've been back in school getting my doctorate. But, um, but, um, but it's definitely my passion. I think I was listening to one of your other interviews and you kind of were asking one of the guys, you know, if you couldn't do anything, what would you do? And I thought, you know what, if I, if I could do whatever I wanted, I would be some kind of scout or some kind of general manager for a soccer team and just kind of, you know, use the money ball thing and just really get to know prospects and try to put a club together. So, Hey, I, I want to explore that thought with you. And you said that if you could, you know, choose anything that you wanted to do, it'd be a scout what types of things do you think that you would be looking for in a player or what types of things do you look for in a player now when you want to ask a player questions or you want to highlight a player or you want to tell a player story? So I'm, I'm really curious. I, I, and I think I've asked multiple people this in, in, in recent episodes, like if you're watching a game and you're taking notes, like what makes you move your pen? So what, sure. what, what interests you when you're, when you're watching a player? So if you were a scout, what, what would you be looking for? Yeah, and that's and that's where I, I come in, and I'm definitely below some of the other people you've had on your your podcast because I do not have uh, any credentials or any kind of uh, you know I I for this thing. I, I just I feel like I've watched soccer long enough, and I've watched youth soccer long enough where I can tell when a player is going to be a professional. Um, I feel like I, I can tell uh, in their movement or their 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 communication or their touch. I just feel like I can discern when a player is better than their, what the level, whatever level they're playing out right, right then. And I feel like I've, I've been able to project that a little bit on my Twitter account um, and just kind of follow certain guys along that I feel like are going to be better than others. Um, but yeah, I definitely, 
I definitely, I don't, I don't, I'm not getting any calls from any clubs in America or, or elsewhere to, to leave my day job and come work <laughs> for them because I don't, but, but I think something very interesting that I found out after doing this for so many years is that there's, there's certain, there's certain kids that I've found that just want it more than other kids. And I feel like when you get to a certain level and your skills are all fairly comparable, that that drive, and I know that's such an intangible thing, but there's certain kids that you, I just I just know are going to succeed because they have to make that succeed. That's all they have. And a kid that, um, you know, and I, I've like I said, I've listened to most of your podcasts recently, and I feel like I didn't want to come in here and just, just ramble on, uh, you know, uh, Brian's teams from Chivas and Barcelona USA and all those, you know, Galaxy players. But I met Alex Mendez um, in 2014. I was out in California and I, I, I direct messaged Gary and I was like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm in town. I know a lot of the, the young players on, on the Chivas USA team. You know, I've talked to their families. And I just, I've gotten to know a lot of those kids really well. I would love to come out and watch you guys practice. And I was just blown away by their training session. And I think this is when they were, I think they might've been U14 still, or maybe, maybe they're a U16 level, but they were young for U16. Uh, but I was just blown away. I don't think I've ever seen, uh, any any level below a professional level train as hard as those guys did, and Alex Mendez and 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 Charlie Aguino and and Ulysses Yanez. I, I saw those kids play, and I just thought those are guys that are going to make it. Those are kids that they they live and eat, you know, they they breathe the game just like a lot of other kids. But they just have that special drive. Um, that I just knew they were going to be successful, and just I'm watching them flourish nowadays is just further you know further enhances my thought that you know. Um, maybe, maybe I do have an eye for this kind of thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> a, that's a good group to be watching and to identify yeah. that though. Um, I, I want to, I want to jump in and say that, you know, this wasn't meant to be like some PSA or anything like that of you coming on and, and, and preaching about the players, not one bit. Actually, this is Joey, the first time that you and I have ever talked. And so yes. from, from the moment that the phone started ringing, uh, people have heard our entire interaction with each other. So uh, th- th- this is uh, th- this is not filtered at all. This is not edited at all at this point. Um, and I've I, you know we've we've communicated over direct message and Twitter, you know, a, a handful of times, but not much, man. And and there was not definitely much. no there there was definitely no coaching as far as like what this interview would entail. Uh, I think you mentioned in the, when I first asked you, "Hey, man, would you be interested in being on my podcast?" You're like, "I'd be a terrible guest." I'm like, "Ah, just let let it ride. Let's see how it goes." Yeah. And so, uh, I, and I didn't give you much information. There was no pre-interview. There was no question sent to you. Um, I, I and I feel that, like that's important for people to know because you have been in tune with all of the youth prospects in American soccer for quite a while, not just our guys. And I say our guys, meaning like, uh, yeah, Charlie, Alex, Lee, Efra, Shushu, like those guys who I think people are very familiar with if they listen to this podcast, but you've been very in tune with the entire landscape. And I'm curious how you might go about staying in tune with that or, or keeping track of all these kids um, and, and the process that you go through for, uh, finding out who they are for the first time and, and, and tracking them along their journey. So w- what, what do you do specifically to, uh, to keep tabs on all these guys? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I think that it's, it's a pretty simple answer. And I just communicate with, with, I communicate with players. I communicate with coaches. I communicate with us scouts. I communicate with 
whoever I can. And so I have a web of players that I look at and I'm interested in. And then I ask those players, who are some players that you think are good? That's and a good way coaches, to do it, Joey. That's a great yeah, who, way who, to do it. Who, who are, who is somebody that you think, you know, is, is better than is getting recognition for right now. And, you know, certainly a left back of a team, maybe not, doesn't get all the plaudits that a striker gets all the time. But when you're playing that game, that striker knows how, how much quality that left back has. And so I think that that's important to highlight is that there's, there's, there's special players that are not playing in special positions that we would consider special positions. So I just getting in, getting in touch with every player that I can at certain age levels and just saying like, Hey, who was the best player you played against over the last couple months? You know, and then and then reaching out to them and seeing kind of what their story is or what their background is, and just trying to learn more about them. And then then that's another that's another notch in the web. And then I ask them who who's somebody that impresses you. And so after a while, after asking that question enough, you can kind of discern uh, based on the guys who are actually on the field or the coaches who are actually watching every single game, you know, who some of the quality players are to watch because it's really a, a, an untenable process to think that you know, somebody in Omaha, Nebraska can watch enough games to be that learned on all the prospects we have in this country. Um, anybody that says they have their, their finger on the pulse is, is not, is, is lying to you. And, and that's one of my big problems <laughs> with, with us soccer is that there's just not enough people, on, uh, you know, turning over those rocks. We're asking all those questions because, you know, I've asked before, I asked almost every person, every player I talk to, you know, has us soccer contacted you? Have you ever, had any contact with scouts? Would you be interested in playing for the U.S.? I ask the same questions to almost every player, uh, and I get you know very similar answers you know from those guys that they'd be interested or or no they haven't been talked to, and so I just I you know I try to try to trend that out and see if I can you know discern any trends or patterns and maybe what clubs aren't getting mo- you know monitored very closely or what demographics what age range. Uh, what cultures, what styles, what, 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 who are players that, that U.S. soccer isn't looking into. And a couple of years ago, I, I ran the website uh, that's now off the, you know, off the Internet, Oh, When the Yanks, and, and I would try to write about the, those, those clubs or those players to the best of my ability, uh, just to who weren't getting that kind of coverage, um, because I just felt that, um, uh, you know, there were some really special players uh, out there in America you know, in the DA doing good things that were just not getting the credit they deserve. And I don't know whether this is just luck or, or if somebody from U S soccer had, had just popped onto my site, but I, I will say that a lot of the players that I ended up writing about would get in, would end up getting invitations to, to U S camps. And maybe it was because they actually were playing better and their coaches were, were referring them over to U S soccer. But I just found it very convenient that, you know, I would write an article or, or post something that this guy should be called into the U.S. camp. And then I get an email from that player a month later that they just got called up. And, and so um, I think that's a little bit of the problem with with the way we do things in our country. And, I, you know, I'm not here to shit on U.S. soccer because I think that we do, you know, we do a lot right, but we do a, we do a lot when it comes to U.S. scouting wrong. And I think the fact that um, somebody like me, who has no background in this uh, and is living in a city without any kind of real developmental academy or ties to an MLS team, how I could have the kind of, you know, megaphone for this kind of thing is, is, is a problem. Uh, I shouldn't be having to, uh, you know, um, put um, a player on blast or write an article about them to get called up. And I just felt like all too often, um, and, and the players would tell me this directly after the fact that, 
without what you did, I don't know if I would have gotten the call up. And, and that really made me feel great. But at the same time, worried me that, you know, how many other players are out there missing that article and missing that call. And, 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 and that, that scares me, honestly, uh, in terms of the, the, the landscape that we have, that, that scares me just of how many misses we're having, because like I told you to begin with, I'm a, I'm a USA soccer fan first and foremost. I'm, I don't have any agenda. I'm not tied to any team. I don't have any agents that I'm working for. I just want us to be the best team we can be. I don't care what kind of player we have, what kind of skills they, you know, I just want the best players that we have. I want to win a world cup game. I want to have that feeling like we did against Ghana or in South Korea when we beat Portugal. I want the best 11 players we can field on that field during a World Cup game. And I, I don't care uh, what U.S. soccer needs to get over themselves with, but I just feel like we just, at this point, we do not have the best players on that field consistently. And we're missing out on a lot of the best guys. Joey, what were some of the trends that you noticed as you were tracking these players and writing articles and seeing guys snubbed from camps or get called into camps what what were some of the trends that you noticed that were developing in during that time yeah i mean unfortunately initially it was a lot of the guys that didn't play for mls sides and i know that's been well publicized and documented um and and now the mls sides in the developmental academy are actually doing a really good job of reaching out to those players and and, and almost bringing them into their clubs so that there's not that um that 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 awkward well this guy plays for a non-da team but he's better than my guy um issue anymore so i don't know if that's right or wrong to to pluck guys from clubs they've been with since they were little but that's happening more but all too often players from you know whether it was shattuck st mary's or the dallas texans you know big clubs were just were just getting passed over for guys that were with mls sides and so i noticed that a lot early on and and, and then i more recently, I've been talking to a lot of players abroad and, and, and finding players that are American. And, and a super interesting thing I've uh, this, you know, I, a lot more than more than one player has told me that um, if, if you're living abroad and you don't have a highlight tape, uh, U.S. soccer won't call you in. I found that very I, I found that very odd because um, if I was a scout and like I said, I have no skills or background as a scout but if, if i was looking at a scout I'd, I'd want more than just the best of a player uh if i was going to call him into a camp so i know that there's a couple players that um had told me that and then ended up making a a highlight reel and then ended up getting called into a camp and so i, I just I, I found that really interesting because that's been something that's been um i've heard more and more over the last year or so and so and i and i understand it's it, it's it's very tough for uh, U.S. to scout all these players, and especially the ones that are playing abroad in, in Italy or Germany or England, you know, who who they can't send scouts to all the time um, to, to go and see them play. Um, but, you know, if I'm able to identify some quality players over there, I just feel like um, they should make a little bit more effort to, to reach out to those guys. Because when I'm talking to them, I'm the only contact they have with anybody stateside. Absolutely. I don't know if it's the clubs that necessarily upload the videos, there's a, there's a program called Y Scout that's kind of like an hmm. international program that's, I, I, I want to say it's like industry standard uh, when it comes to scouting. So clubs from all over the world will upload their videos to this program and, and anybody can have access to it, but especially, you know, coaches and scouts can, can go in there and find or search for 
any player that they want to see. And, and if the club or player subscribes to this specific program, uh, I think what's pretty typical is that pro, that players will, and, and this is where I get confused. I don't know if it's players or the clubs themselves that will upload, uh, you know, specific videos of their players uh, with every single touch that, that the players take. So it, it, it's, it, it's not just a highlight reel. It's a, every interaction of the player type reel. And, you know, if you're scouting a player, say, in uh, Germany or France or whatever, then, you know, you, you don't get to see just the highlights. You get to see every single time the player was touching or even near the ball, which is a very, very useful tool for sure. evaluating a player. And you, you don't just want to see, you know, uh, somebody send you the, the best of a player. Like, hey, like, what does the player actually do every time that they're involved in the play? You know, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be times where the player is, you know, not making the best decision. What happens there, and how does the player sure. react from that point on? So I feel like those are those are pretty valuable tools. And and again, I don't know if it's the, the you know the players themselves that are uploading those videos or those types of videos or the clubs themselves that upload those types of videos. Uh, but I I do know that you know clubs from around the world and, and international teams from around the world use that service and. It's it's very eye opening to get onto you know a, a site like that and and anybody can go and subscribe to to that type of service which is pretty cool, um, but yeah like like you said having having that highlight reel or that that video evidence for whatever reason unlocks a lot of doors for you and for sure um, and I know that that you know American based players or American parents think that they're you know doing their players justice by by making these types of like highlight reels with you know music and and all (laughs) kinds of like all kinds of crazy graphics but if 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 i could give one piece of advice to you know parents or coaches or anybody listening and i've made these mistakes too joey like trust me like if you go back you can go to my youtube channel and i have all the fucking music that you can think of on my music (laughs) over these videos right but who doesn't yeah right. Uh, but if I could give one piece of advice, it's like just put the 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 players, you know, not not again, not necessarily their highlights, but but put as many interactions with the play and and with the ball and and with their teammates and 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 as as many interactions as possible during a game into some type of a, hi, a highlight reel or reel and 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 release it like like put it out there for people to see so they see the real player. I feel like that's very, very important, and we've always been a, a um, an advocate for showing your product when it comes to coaching, especially. I, I think that Gary's done a good job over the years of highlighting Brian's work of, you know, just putting out his coaching sessions and, um, you know, game highlights and, and and practices and things like that. But more people need to do that, but in a real and genuine way. Don't just show the goals. Don't just show the good passes. Like show everything and be real sure. about it. And I think that's what's going to help us really, you know, change the conversation, I guess, about American players. I feel like that would make a big, 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 big difference. Yeah, I, don't I, mean, what, with, what, I don't know what you see, though. Yeah, without those flaws or without the mistakes, it, it just breeds skepticism. Yep. And then you, you, you just, you're just wondering, okay, you know, you know does, is this actually as good as they're telling me it is? Or is this player as good as he actually is if I only see the good stuff? And, and obviously it's not. There's obviously bad stuff with every player's game, especially at the young level. And so you're right. Without the, you know, you know, without those kind of mistakes or, you know, 
issues with a video, then then you're going to run into, you know, skepticism or, or, or concerns. So I totally agree. I just found that very interesting because that's just something I've started to hear over the last couple of, uh, last couple of months, almost a year is, is that, you know, if I don't have a highlight video, they won't even, they won't even talk to me. And it would make more sense of uh, the clubs uploading their, their, their positioning or the, their, um, you know, the, their communication or their, you know, their, their involvement with every play kind of thing. Um, but, you know, and I would like to, you know, I obviously understand that, you know, U.S. soccer is not asleep at the wheel, I wouldn't like to think. I mean, I know they're doing their due diligence. I just think there's, there's just too much of a, a, a landscape, uh, you know, not even, not even domestically, but abroad, too. There's no way they can cover all these guys. Um, and and, and unturn, uh, uncover every stone, and so that always, you know, that always just just makes you know rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Is there's, I just don't feel like we're doing everything we can to identify the best talent we have, or absolutely. maximize it. To be to be honest, too. So yeah, absolutely. And 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 one other thing I'll throw in there too is that oh, this is probably something that a lot of you know youth coaches don't realize, but MLS academies, they're I, I if I'm not mistaken, they're required to share game footage with other, uh, academies. And, and maybe I'm, they I, are. I, I think, no, I'm, they, I'm, I, they I, think are. I misspoke. I think I misspoke actually not, not just MLS academies, development academies are required yeah. to share their video with other academies. And so, you know, it, showing your product at, the, at that level is, is required. And so if you're not videotaping and, and evaluating your team and your opponent, at uh, you know, from U11 onward, you're you're not in tune with the way that the world is is reviewing or viewing the game at that level because I think that's industry standard again to be recording practices and games from yeah probably from U11 on and and that's starting to become very obvious at our uh, our academy level. And I think that's very, very important for people to know if they don't know already. Um, I, I don't know if you have any experience with with watching those games or, or acquiring those games at all, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, uh, you know. Um, back before I went back to school, I mean, I, I would I would live on the developmental academy's website, looking at um, looking at their rosters, and then watching as many games as they were putting out there. And only more recently have almost you know, there's been almost you know a lot of clubs put their games on YouTube. And I'll, I'll watch certain games of, a, you know, a couple high quality, you know, squads. And, and um, I, you know, I don't, have, I don't have the time that I used to have to dedicate to that. So I, you know, I'm definitely not as plugged in player to player as I used to be. Um, but, um, but yeah, I just think it's, it's great. There's just so much information out there. And I, I'm, I'm fairly, I think I'm confident. In, I think the developmental academy is even going to put up more statistics with their, with their academy season next year. Um, I don't know if it's like a heat map type thing or they're going to put out way more statistical analysis on a lot of their players and a lot of the, the, the key age groups moving forward next year. And so that just kind of that kind of raw data, it, it interests me. And I just feel like the, the more, you know, the more information we have out there, um, the more people ciphering through it, whether that's official MLS scouts or U.S. scouts or, or fans like me, uh, the better, because I just feel like the cream will rise to the crop if, if people are doing that kind of work. Joey, as much as it sounds like crazy, I'm I want to move away from actual statistic talk to back to your opinion. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Fair. because I'm I'm not I'm not one bit interested in you know the heat maps or bio banding or any of this you know <laughs> stuff that U.S. Soccer is trying to introduce. I I think that's all 
just a, a smoke and mirror show to to take away from other stuff. But um, I am interested in your opinion. So uh, I, I would love to hear about um, some players that you are that you are excited about right now that maybe people don't know about or maybe people know about but don't really understand why we should be excited about them and i'll kind of let you run with that however you you want to run with it sure i mean uh i think when you originally reached out to me i i had declined the invitation to come on here one because i was (laughs) one because i thought i'd be a bad guest uh but two um my foray into podcasting at least in the soccer realm is is pretty is pretty uh uh i'm a novice obviously and so um, I'm actually going to be on um, Adam Bell's podcast here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to we're going to do a deep dive into the U20 pool um, here. You know, you had him on a couple uh, weeks ago from the Scuffs podcast, so we're going to go over some of those players on his podcast. Um, but yeah, I, and I think that um, you know, back when I first started the Twitter account, like I told you, there wasn't very much information on these players. It, 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 maybe I'm just more plugged into the the people who are talking about it now, but I feel like there's a lot of information on some of the guys out there right now. And back in 2010 or 2008, uh, there was no information about half of the guys on the USU 20 team. And now I'm just looking at a, a roster and, and half of the guys are professionals or, or more than half are professionals. So um, I, I, like I said, I don't want to reiterate uh, what, what you and Adam talked about on the podcast, but, or even that you, what you and I've talked about, but a guy like Alex Mendez is a, is a kid that you know I'm really high on. I watched him play um, uh, over the weekend uh, in the U19 DA uh, quarterfinals, and I'm really going to try to make the semifinals in Kansas City, make the drive down and watch them play because every time I watch him play, I just feel like he gets better and better, and I don't feel like that's the case for a lot of players at that level. Um, I'm not sure if it's they're tapped out or they're just playing against better competition, uh, but I feel like every time I watch him play, I just feel like I, I, he adds another aspect to his game, and I, and I just feel like he's a player that um, – uh, back when I saw him play as a U16, uh, I don't think he was as uh, uh, as marked as a star as he is uh, is today. And I just feel like he's really put in the time and effort and really has the skills to become, you know, maybe a, maybe like a talisman for the U, U20 team. Uh, you know, we're obviously all enamored with with Efra Alvarez and his talent is obviously oozes he oozes talent, but but a guy like Alex Mendez can really play an important piece. Uh, for Tab Ramos moving forward here in qualification, and uh, I don't think it'll be very long before Alex is 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 journeying into uh, um, you know definitely a professional contract or a long term professional deal. So he's somebody that has me uh, very excited. Um, a guy that you guys talked about, or at least Adam has talked about on his podcast, is Sebastian Soto, um, the goal scorer from Real Salt Lake, uh, 2000 uh, number nine from Real Salt Lake. Um, I don't think it's going to be very long before Sebastian is is um is uh moving uh to europe i know there's a number of clubs uh that are interested in, in sebastian and i actually think he'll probably make a move um here to europe uh to a, a, a big team probably in the next month or so will be my guess i think he turns 18 in a couple weeks and so i uh, um uh i think that he'll 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 be a guy to watch uh, going forward too um and then any other players that i really like let me see here Going through some of my notes. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't have a spreadsheet, you know? <laughs> Do you actually have a spreadsheet? Do you keep track of these uh, guys in a spreadsheet? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, what does that know, look like? Describe the, it to me. 
Yeah, so it's a Google Docs spreadsheet, and I've I've been running the same Google Docs since what 2008, and I I think it's so funny that I go back and look at some of the information I was plugging in in 2008, um, off some of the totally non credible websites that I was finding any information on, and now some of the kind of uh, you know um, minutes played or positional, uh, just the information has just kind of blown up since then, and so yeah, it's a Google Doc. Um, I, I transferred a lot of that information onto the website when I was running that fairly regularly. Um, but since I didn't have the time to put in time or effort to put into the website, it just went defunct. And so I'm just back doing the Google spreadsheet. And actually something that's really interested me, um, you know, over the last couple of months is that um, I, you know, I, I just, I feel like there, we, as, as fans or, or, or whoever, there, there should be some way for us to like open source this material um, in some kind of website or platform where we can, you know, not like a U.S. soccer youth prospects Wikipedia, but something where we could all kind of edit um, each other's information and add tidbits or um, or opinions and, and not something like a, a message board or something like that, but just something where we can all, you know, the super fans can get together and really, really talk about prospects that we're excited about or, or throw in clips and highlights, that kind of thing. Um, because I, I know plenty of super fans I talk to and, and guys that are really into this or gals that are really into this. I mean, everybody has a Google doc with all their information and all their <laughs> notes. And I, I just wish that we could all share that information. I don't think anybody's trying to keep it private from each other. I just don't think there's a good platform um, for us to share that kind of information and download it all together. And so in my spare time, I've, I've been really just trying to bang my head against the wall of what, what I could do to kind of to, to, to join other people and, and getting that together. Cause I know there's, I've been approached by a lot of people um, to, to, to get my database or my spreadsheets. A lot of agents have approached me about getting my spreadsheets and my stats and, and, and minutes played and positions and, and date of birth and that kind of thing. So I just know there's a lot of info, you know, interest in it out there. And I, I just wish we could, we could do a better job uh, of getting that together. Uh, I think one of last player I'll kind of mention, I watched him play the other week. Um, and one of the, I don't know, one of the better reasons I do what I do, what, um, uh, you know, again, uh, one of the players I kind of hunted down, I think it was like in 2013 where, uh, the Tillman brothers in Germany, uh, they were playing for a smaller division, I think like a division five or division five or six club in Germany at the time. And, uh, I had found that they were American. Uh, I, you know, the son of an American serviceman and a German mother did that, that same old story. And I had kind of followed them along and they had really good years. Uh, one is in a 99 and one's in 02 and they had really good years. And then they ended up getting bought by Bayern Munich a couple years later. And, and I was astounded by how well they had done over the, the, you know, the course of their young careers. And, and since then they've kind of bl- blown up into German youth international players. Um, and I'm still in close communication with them and talk with them, but, I watched the younger player, uh, Malik, he's in 2002. He's actually the only 2002 playing with Bayern Munich's U17 side. And I watched their side uh, uh, compete for the championship against Borussia Dortmund uh, the other week. And I watched uh, Malik play as like a number six or number eight for them over the internet. And he's a guy that I'm, I'm very high on and interested in. And obviously um, breaking through at Bayern Munich is, is no small task. And his brother is um, a player who's been kind of on the cusp of making their first team or, or traveling with their teams for a while. But um, I, I do know they, they rate Malik very highly. Malik's been a guy that's been invited to one U.S. youth national team and accepted that, um, that call-up, played abroad. Uh, but since that call-up, he's been uh, with Germany. 
uh, playing with his age division at that point. But he's a player I saw the other week, and again, I, he he continues to impress me too. So that's a guy I would say with Soto and and Mendez, I would watch those guys. Where can people find those types of games or or these types of things that you keep an eye on as well? So like, what are, what are maybe your top two or three resources when you're researching players or trying to find games in Europe or or trying to keep track or tabs on these players? Yeah, so there, I, I'm, I'm sure uh, a lot of the people who are, if they're listening to this, they're obviously pretty big nerds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are. Uh, for this. For this <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure a lot of the, the people listening go to Transfer Market. It's a, it's a European-based website. They have That's a lot good of one. good information um, just on minutes played. Um, they can got, kind of give you some ideas of where players are playing on the field. Um, and, and that goes all the way down to like you. 16 sometimes a u15 level so you can really you can really dig up a lot of good information about that as well and then i've I've just found a lot of you know interesting and easy ways to find data if you find a player that you're interested in especially in europe and you type in their name to google and there's a a website called i don't i don't know how it's pronounced but it's just fupa um if you just type in i think it's like some kind of football you know database and it keeps track of almost every player's um, minutes played and 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 what level they're playing at and their nationality and, and their age range so if you just type in a player's name and then fupa behind their name it'll, it'll give you a good idea of what level they're playing at the minutes they've played at certain clubs and then that's a pretty easy way of keeping track of um who's impressing because obviously if you're a you know if you're a if you're a u16 playing on a u17 team and playing majority of the minutes and that's obviously somebody that those coaches think is a pretty highly rated player um, because it's like I said at the beginning it's it's unrealistic to think that you're going to be able to devote enough time unless I was getting paid a full-time salary to devote the kind of time to find the links to watch these guys play every week on a U17 pitch in Germany it's just unrealistic um, and so I, I do I base a lot of kind of what's um, who, who's who's kind of progressing in certain clubs uh, off the level they're playing at and how many how many minutes they're getting at their club. That's kind of a cheap way to to kind of see who's who's doing well. I want to end with with two questions, Joey, and and w- I'm going to save the the one for last, I guess. But I, I'll start with this one. What has your what have your interactions been like with agents when they've been you know you kind of mentioned that they've contacted you about your information or or things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what that's been like. And, and what, I guess just the overall experience with dealing with an agent, because I feel like that that's kind of like a dark world that a lot of people don't know about. And especially at these younger ages that you track, like, you know, you know, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you know, people, people don't understand that, you know, agents are already part of the picture, even here in America where, where they, you know, don't normally talk about that type of stuff. So, uh, I'm curious if you can shed any light onto that, and, and I don't want you to uh, to uh, incriminate yourself on anything. But um, if you can shed anything on on that, that'd be great. Yeah, you know, mo- most of my happenings with with that world um, happened when I was running my website, and they were a couple years ago before I re- had had gone back to school. Um, so it's been you know it's been a good year and a half before I since I've really been involved with that. But on- honestly, most of my interactions were positive. Um, I felt like, uh, the guys who had reached out to me, I was pretty, um, you know, I was, I was pretty able to make a good decision on whether I thought this person had the right intentions for talking to me or not, or wanting the information that I had or wanting to connect to some of the players that I had connections to. 
Um, and so I would say that I still have a, a, a pretty good relationship with a few, um, you know, agents, um, because I, I feel like they do a, they're, they're, they are a piece, whether you like it or not, they're a piece in this machine and, and players do not get the opportunities they get without that piece of the machine working for them. And so my, my, my hope when I was running my website was to find uh, the, the best one or two people that I, that I would interview and meet with or, or talk with and then just try to connect them to players I thought were deserving of a look. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I did connect uh, some players to, to people that I liked in that world. And I just felt like um, at the time, and, and, and still to this day, I don't have any regrets, but I just feel like at the time certain players needed help getting attention uh, to get clubs to, to look at them or to get opportunities that they weren't going to get otherwise. And I just felt like that was the right thing to do in my position is to say, you know what, I've built a relationship with a player or with a, or with a parent or family. And, and, you know, I, I didn't want to blindside them and say, you know, this has all been a ruse. This relationship was just to get you to an agent or whatever, um, because that was not the case. But I just felt like certain, certain players were stagnant and they could really benefit from talking to somebody who maybe knew that world a little bit better. Um, but I always did worry that, you know, do those, do these people have the best intentions of this, this player or this parent who I've come to really, you know, really enjoy and, and really, you know, get to know very well and consider a friend, do they have the best intentions in mind? And, you know, that, that bothered me a little bit because again, I, you know, I have no stake in this game. I'm just trying to do what's best for everybody involved. Um, and I don't think I hurt anybody in, in the process, but that always was a little bit, uh, that was always a little bit tenuous. I will say that was, that was a tough process of, um, of connecting those two, uh, players in the game. But um, yeah, I would say I have a good relationship with a few agents to this day. Um, you know, and we talk outside soccer, um, not about players, just about the national team in general. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I think I, I think I try to weed it. I try to weed out all the, the people that I, I didn't really trust early on and, and build relationships with both the agents and the, and the players and families that I, I, I thought were, uh, you know, were the right people at the beginning. It's very important work that you're doing there. I, I feel like, um, all right, last question, Joey, I want, I want to ask you a question. I I've been really, uh, enjoying asking a lot of guests lately and you can take it and run with it. How, however you would like. Um, but the question is what do people need to know? And again, you can, you can take that and run with it. However you would like. Interesting. Um, I'll say this, uh, when I, when I have the time and I like to do uh, deep dives into how other um, national teams and national scouting, you know, uh, organizations are run. And again, you guys have had long, great conversations that we as the United States cannot copy and paste what other countries are doing. Um, but I just find it very interesting when I go on, let's just pick Germany, for example, when, when we go and look at who are some of the players they've identified in the U14 or U15 pools um, in, a, in a calendar year? They're calling up roughly 80 to 120 different players uh, to assess and identify and, 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 and have in front of some of their better scouts or better clubs uh, to take a look at. And if you were to compare that with uh, the United States, who, um, you know, is a nation of many more kids, obviously, and uh, if you, if you look at how many kids they called into their U14 camps in 2017, 
I don't think it'd be half that. And so I think really we ran into problems of we misidentify kids from an early age. And as weird as it sounds, I do think that you're able to tell, I think if you have the right people in the right positions and you have a, a special 14 year old or a special, you know, 15 year old, I think you are able to identify those kids from an early age. Some you can't kids like Alex Mendez. I don't know if he would have gotten um, uh, the gold star next to his name at, at 14 years old. So it's important not to uh, scrub names off the board. I just feel like we don't do as good of a job at identifying mass amounts of players that we should at a younger age. And I just wish every time a U.S. youth camp roster comes out, I just would, I wish for like a completely different roster every time a U14 or U15 or U16 roster comes out. Um, because I just, I just wish we had more kids getting the opportunity to shine um, in, in front of the people who are making the decisions. It's a great way to put it. Um, I know I, I was just uh, down in, in San Diego over the weekend sure. for, yeah. for the, actually for the last week watching the DA playoffs and, and the showcase games. And I was fortunate enough to go to a nearby local bar and, uh, and, and watch some of the world cup games. And so, you know, the bar owner is from, uh, I'll just say the UK. I don't know exactly where he's from. And there was another guy that was sitting next to me who was a big fan of Spain. I was there just watching the games and we were all kind of just BSing about like what it would be like if Southern California had its own national team. Right. And I think that's always been like one of the things we've always said, like, you know, what if, what if Southern California had its own national team and what if Northern California had its own national team and what if Washington or C or, or Oregon or all these other, you know, spots or hotbeds in the, in the United States had their own national teams. And, and it kind of goes to what you were just saying right now. It's like, you know, to, to see new faces or to see different faces, involved in the picture more often would be something that would be very, very helpful. Um, and I don't know how we can accomplish that with, with, I don't know either. Country, and man. I, yeah. That that's been proposed so many times on so many different articles and podcasts. And I wish I had the answer. And obviously there's nobody that has the answer right now. I just, I just, I wish like you, we could turn that problem into a, you know, into an answer or into a solution. You know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't have to divide the country up into, segments to get the best players i just feel like we have so much going for us that we should be able to to make that happen and and maybe maybe that's too difficult you know maybe, maybe it is I, I don't know the answer i thought i read an article the other day that france has produced more world cup players over the last 20 years than, than any other country and that just doesn't include france that includes you know, french moroccans or french iranians or french point. you know whatever and, and and they were they were breaking it down even to the suburbs of you know, certain suburbs of Paris were producing more talent. And so maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's what you do here. If you're a U.S. soccer, you just say, God, if you want to be on our national team, you got to get to four different hotspots in our country and play regularly in those hotspots. And we just have to hit those areas really hard and just say, well, be damned with all the players in South Dakota and Omaha trying to make the national team and just say, we just got to focus in on not missing those kids in Southern California or Dallas or, or New York or Florida and just concentrate on those areas. I don't know what the answer is, but I just know we, we shouldn't be missing Olympics. We shouldn't be missing under 20 or under 17 World Cups. With the kind of money and resources we have, uh, we shouldn't be missing those kind of tournaments. And say, yeah. what you will for those, say what you will for those tournaments. Those are incredibly, you know, they're incredibly helpful for those young players to get those kind of experiences. And so I'm all for doing whatever you can to make those tournaments and then just, 
you know, throwing hell to the wind and just seeing what we can do there. Because I just know, uh, you know, when you, when you watch as many of these world cups, youth world cups, as I do, um, the kind of, the kind of players that play in those do gain, you know, invaluable experience and exposure to clubs abroad. So yeah, it's, it's an interesting problem. And I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know if we'll get an answer for it in the next 10 years, 20 years. I'm not sure, but, um, Somebody's got to figure something out. People are paid too much money to not figure this out. <laughs> that's, that's a very good way to, to put it. <laughs> um, all right, Joey. Well, I, I appreciate your time, man. And, and I hope this was a good practice, a good warm up for your podcast recording with, with Adam Bells soon. And, and people, if they haven't listened to Adam's podcast, I'll, I'll try to link to that in the, uh, in the podcast so they can go and listen to my talk with Adam. And then, uh, and then eventually find your, your talk with Adam as well. Cause I think that's going to be a, a good chat. So I, uh, I appreciate it, man. I really, I really, like I said, I'm honored to be on. Uh, I appreciate you, uh, listening to me for almost an hour here and, um, yeah, thanks a lot. This was a lot of fun. Right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. And thank you to my guest, Joey Antone. And thank you for all of the work that he has done over the years of discovering and tracking and highlighting young American players. I feel like he's doing a very, very good service for us. And it goes very, very underappreciated. So thank you, Joey. Uh, if you are looking for more episodes of this podcast or for more information about the podcast I did with Adam Bells, somebody doing very similar work to Joey. You can find all of that at 343coaching.com. And that is also where you can find more information about the program that keeps this podcast going. That is the 343 Coaching Education Program. So you can find all the benefits of that program at 343coaching.com. Here's Tom Byer to talk a little bit about his experience with one of our online courses. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I like about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop, um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. You can find more information about those programs that support this podcast on 343coaching.com. Once again, that's 343coaching, all spelled out, .com. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast.